0: Welcome to the LDS Life Podcast, I'm Kevin Williams. On this episode of the LDS Life Podcast, I interviewed a person named Sam Bushman. Sam Bushman has been a guest on my podcast before. In fact, he's been on twice. If you can't remember who Sam Bushman is, let me introduce him to you. Sam Bushman owned a radio station, KNAK AM540 in Delta, Utah, which is now KYAH, Utah's Talk Authority. Sam Bushman currently owns a network called Liberty News Radio. In fact, you can catch that at libertynewsradio.com. He also hosts a podcast slash radio show called Liberty Roundtable. You can catch that at libertyroundtable.com. Sam Bushman and I discussed Jeffrey R. Holland's talk that was given at BYU on Monday, August 30th. We also discussed a new venture that Sam got in with the good sheriff, Richard Mack. They are now hosting a TV show on Brighton.tv every Tuesday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We also talked about vaccines as they pertain to COVID. We also discussed Sam Bushman's incident with having COVID twice, once in 2020 and once in 2021. We also talked about the letter that the first presidency sent out on August August 12th, 2021, concerning COVID 19, the vaccine, and the masks. We also discussed our concerns about the letter. Let me do a full disclosure here. Sam Bushman and I are not anti Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. However, we are deeply concerned about the letter based on studies that have shown that Ivy Mectrum and other drugs work and perhaps might be more effective than the vaccine. We also discussed one part in the letter where it tells us to follow the thoughtful recommendations of the medical expert and our government leaders. Well, who do you trust when Anthony Fauci's been lying a whole bunch of times? And who do you trust when certain governors don't even believe Anthony Fauci? We discussed that issue in the podcast as well. I do have a testimony of Joseph Smith, but I am very concerned about this letter that was written, just for the record. I should also mention that Sam Bushman and I are not anti-vaccine, but Sam Bushman is anti-vaccine with COVID, and I am very suspicious about the vaccine. I hope you enjoy today's podcast, and thank you for listening to the LDS Life podcast. I'm Kevin Williams. Welcome
1: to the LDS Life podcast. To contact Kevin Williams send him an email at kevinw at ldslifepodcast.com. You can also visit his Facebook page at LDS Life Podcast.
0: It is the LDS Life Podcast. I'm Kevin Williams. This is September 8th, 2021. I know it's been a while since we've done a podcast, but I am back. And let's just say I'm glad to be back. And Sam Bushman is my guest. Hi, Sam. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic, sir. Delighted to be here.
0: Good. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. I want to talk to you about COVID, but first, I want to talk to you, since this is an LDS Life podcast, and I haven't done a podcast forever, what did you think of Jeffrey R. Holland's talk? Have you had a chance to listen to it about BYU?
1: Yeah, I read the details of his talk, and I have some concerns. I mean, I, I agree with his points. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not here to appease people. We're not here to uh, pander to certain groups. This is not a political discussion. This is a God's kingdom on the earth discussion. God makes the rules of what is and is not sin. God makes the rules of what is and is not appropriate, etc. And we're not at liberty to jettison those God-given guidelines. And so, you know, Jeffrey R. Holland's right when he says, hey, just because we love people, that doesn't mean that we have to jettison uh, our doctrine. That doesn't mean we have to jettison our viewpoints. We can hold to the truth. We can hold to the commandments of God and the the, uh, doctrine God has set forth, and we can still be loving and kind, but we must be very careful not to jettison our uh, doctrine, jettison our testimonies and our commitment to the commandments and guidelines Jesus Christ has set forth, Um, but we can be loving and kind, but but we can't go so far to where we we jettison our, our commandments claiming it's love, and we can't also then claim love jettisons the commandments. There's a balance there that's appropriate, legitimate. Uh, and honorable, and we need to maintain that reality. And sadly, BYU has gone far afield from that. He didn't name the gay person that came out publicly
0: it was uh, and announced
1: at a BYU graduation his status. He didn't name that person, but that person filed back a letter. And in the letter, he said, You know, uh, you need to be loving and kind. And hey, I got my comments approved, Elder Holland. And why are you going against the approval of the comments? um, that I made, I got pre-approval for this. And so I don't, I don't see why you have an issue with it. And I think part of the problem is you've got lower level people running BYU as school, treating it as a business. You've also got people treating the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints corporation kind of as a business. And you've got public officials and, and people that are, that are lower level, that are really talking out of turn and that are really uh, taking, uh, the, these institutions in a direction that the brethren aren't quite happy with. The problem that I see for Jeffrey R. Holland and others is that at some point, you know what, fire the underlings then. If you disagree, let them go. Find somebody else who will carry the ball uh, in the uh, methodology and of the viewpoints uh, that you guys would like to, to carry it forward. So I guess I'm saying on the back end for Jeffrey R. Holland to say, hey, you guys have kind of run amuck. Let's rein you back in. I appreciate that, but, you know, it's kind of like extreme ownership. At some point, you got to say, <laughs> you know, um, people are just kind of accepting what the top, the direction has been given from the top. And the direction that's been kind of given from the top in the church is, hey, embrace the gay and lesbians. They're just fine. Uh, don't really worry about it. Let love permeate all that you do. And um, this balance that Jeffrey R. Holland talks about now should have been stressed all along. And so on one hand, I get that some underlings are kind of uh, not following the guidance properly. But I believe the underlings may be confused about the guidance. We've invited extreme professors to teach at BYU, professors that don't believe in our doctrine, that don't believe in our way of life, that don't believe in the commandments of God. We've been inviting them from the East to come to the West and teach at BYU for decades. And so this drift is not something new. And this drift cannot be blamed on the underlings. At some point, I think that Hey, if we're not careful, the brethren have given a little bit of a mixed message, which is love, 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 love. And they haven't focused on the other side of balance that's sorely needed. Bottom line is I'm glad he did so. But I think that message of both sides of that discussion should have been articulated and stressed long ago, not just now.
0: Well let me bring up a couple of points. I really I know I invited John here for COVID, but I want to talk about a couple of things too. Yeah, but
1: hopefully that, that, that breakdown makes sense about what's happening and, and uh, my views on it. I'm not here to criticize anybody.
0: No, I, I am saying no, we can't I, just I blame the
1: we can't blame the underlings for, for getting sideways. They just thought they had the direction because the love, 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 love and the other side of that balance has not been really articulated by the brethren for a long time. And therefore it's easy for the Saints to go astray.
0: Well, let me run a couple things by you, because I did uh, listen to the talk, and it's as though Pres- uh, Jeffrey R. Holland did not want to give it. He started his whole speech. I cry at markets. I cry during the music. I cry during this. And, oh, I want to thank uh, the hours, at the administrative hours at BYU. I want to thank the ground maintenance. I want to thank those who prepare meals. I want to thank the teachers. It just went on a bunch of fluff. It's like he didn't want to give the talk. Then he finally said that, uh, you know, Wilford Grigg handed him a letter of a sheath of things that are going on at BYU, Sheaf sheath of things that are going on at BYU, athletics, BYU TV, academia, testimony building. Then he got into his talk. I think it's interesting, number one, Jeffrey R. Holland gave it, not President Nelson or Dallin H. Oaks, and that's fine. I mean, I, I, I don't know how they picked the speakers. I, you know, I'm,
1: Well, partly that he used to run BYU for a long time, so he's one of the former presidents. That's possi- yeah. possibly the reason.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the other thing I want to run by and get your opinion on is um, apparently, and I don't know if this is true, maybe you know, Supposedly, President Benson said, I am not worried about Washington, D.C., because you and I know he was very vocal about communism, the Illuminati, and all those things. Somebody supposedly asked him, aren't you worried about getting killed? Aren't you worried about death threats? And President Benson said, I'm not worried about Washington, D.C. I'm worried about people in church headquarters. Number one, did he actually say that? And number two, even if he didn't say that... There's truth behind this, isn't, isn't there?
1: There certainly is a very complicated dynamic where it's been said, and I don't know if President Benson said that or not because I don't have the quote in front of me. No, I've know. heard things like that, but I haven't seen the quote in print. However, I will say this. The idea is that, you know what, America will be destroyed from within, never from its enemies from without. The same principle about America is now being uh, you know, referenced by President Benson. And certainly the church, the country, the, all these things, family, cannot be destroyed externally, but it can be destroyed from within. And so the principle is what we're talking about, and I think it rings true. Uh, I don't know if Benson said that or not, but the point's well taken that there is a bitter internal conflict within the church now regarding a variety of topics, whether it be the gay-lesbian discussion, uh, whether it be the discussion about uh, transgender, whether it be the discussion about um, COVID and vaccines and masks. Uh, There is some serious, serious, way deep turmoil or division within the church regarding all these topics. And the brethren, the brethren, sadly, have now stepped into a political realm. And uh, I don't know that they can back away from that political realm at this point.
0: Well, uh, yeah, so let me just give my thoughts on Jeffrey R. Holland's talk. Then I want to talk about your new venture. Then we'll talk about COVID. Um, I don't think Jeffrey R. Holland went far enough, my personal opinion. It would have been nice if he would have just came out and said, we're cleaning house. Now, maybe they will be behind the scenes. It has yet to be seen.
1: Yeah, but I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Oh, you could be right. And I I, I don't
1: see it. I see. I personally think that BYU's ran off the rails. It's been going in the wrong direction for decades. Is it better than other schools? To a great degree still, absolutely. But is it where I believe that the Lord would like to see it be? Not even close.
0: Okay. Well, nonetheless, I think it would have been nice if he'd have said, we're cleaning house. I think it would have been nice if he would have mentioned Matt Easton's name, who gave the valid Victorian speech. I think he should have talked about how the honor code did the LGBTQ folks a great disservice because there was confusion. Uh, I I think he should have said something. uh, If this doesn't get straightened out, we're doing away with BYU. We're just going to clean house. There could have been all kinds of things he should have said, in my opinion.
1: Well, and whether he has the authority to say that or not, or whether that comes from the prophet, I really don't know. Meaning, how much independence does Brigham Young University have as a corporation, as a school, versus how much do the brethren call the shots, and who calls the shots when? Uh, There may be a 12 apostle and the first presidency internal debate about how to handle BYU at this point. I don't know that he would be at liberty to, to make more bold statements than he's done. But like I say, these statements should have been made long ago. Again, we cannot just preach love, 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 love everybody. Because then what happens is people jettison the commandments over love. Yeah, you uh, see that. You know, sure, we should be church, kind right to gay right and lesbians. Too. Yeah, we should be kind to gay and lesbians and realize they're sons and daughters of God, or those people who have gender euphoria or believe that they're different genders or whatever. We should be kind to those people. I'm not suggesting that we should be anything but kind and loving and patient with them. That doesn't mean that we have to jettison the true doctrines revealed from God Almighty, and it doesn't mean that we have to jettison our personal beliefs. Okay, and that's where we need to teach both sides of this discussion. And sadly, um, the side that Jeffrey R. Holland spoke out about recently has not been talked about much for decades, really, comparatively speaking. And so a lot of the saints just believe, hey, you know what, I'm going to back my gay son's marriage because I love him. Well, have you gone too far? And are you sending the wrong message about? Uh, The commandments of God, when you do that, how far do you go and where do you go? And I agree that it's an individualistic decision that should be guided by revelation. Uh, But at the same time, I don't I don't hear that the other side of these discussions have been really taught uh, very much in the church. Yeah, in conference, they'll say something here or there, but you literally um, get mixed messages constantly. And the message is, for the most part, hey, Just love everybody, and it's all good. Just take the vaccines, and it's all good. Trust uh, the leaders of government and everywhere. It's all good. Pretty much all is well in Zion, right? And and I don't think that's the true message. I think that's part of the message, that there's good things in the future. I agree with all that. But the all is well in Zion idea, that just love everybody and it will be okay idea, isn't the truth. At least it's not the whole picture truth.
0: Well, let me ask you this, and maybe you don't know the answer, and if you don't, that's fine, but... I have been hearing that BYU-Idaho is more conservative than BYU-Utah. If, in fact, that is true, that just drives Dallin H. Oaks' point home. That uh, Jeffrey R. Holland referenced a Dallin H. Oaks talk in 2017, where he said, I want more muskets of fire, and particularly talking about traditional family values, marriages between a man and a woman, that kind of thing. But then he also said, we, you know, before he even said all that, he said, we cannot confuse the universities. He was referring to BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii and the pathway program. Do you, is there a disconnect between BYU-Idaho being more conservative, BYU-Provo? I don't know so much about BYU-Hawaii or the pathway program.
1: Well, I don't think it's a disconnect. I just think, you know, it's kind of like this. Utah is way behind California and New York when it comes to trends, when it comes to modern-day viewpoints where, you know, they say sometimes we're 10 years behind or whatever the case may be. I think that the schools are the same way. You know, BYU has a lot more liberal professors from the East. BYU provost, the big guy on the block. And so naturally, these other ones are more conservative, but they're just following in the track. What BYU is today, BYU-Idaho will be in 10 years, uh, just because that's the nature of things. So just because they're smaller campuses, they haven't invited as many people from the East with liberal extreme ideas. It's not as controversial of a campus. They haven't had to make as many um, compromises, so to speak. It's not as much in the limelight. Provo takes the heat for the rest, which means the other campuses have cover for the time being. But it won't always be that way.
0: Yeah, well, there's a reason why Glenn Beck actually said on his radio program last year, I think it was in December, November 2020, that I am not no, no I am no longer sending my kids to BYU. What he didn't say though is that his kids do go to BYU Idaho. He didn't say that which made me wonder if BYU-Idaho is more conservative. And by the way, I've heard this from multiple people, not just Glenn. Well, it
1: is more conservative for the time being. It's why I, yeah. you know, a small town is always more conservative than the big city. Uh, so it's, it's that, that principle. I don't think that it's going to last forever. No. I think you've got another five, ten, whatever years, uh, and it'll just be tracking along with what BYU has done, unless something is done to arrest uh, the march, so to speak. Uh, yeah. I think that <laughs> – Look, we better clearly stand up, and that's kind of the concern that I have is you know the brethren are telling us we need to stand up for conservative values, for traditional marriage, stand in the public square for these things. But with rare exception, I don't hear them doing it very much. I really don't, and I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to go against the brethren, but I'm saying I don't hear them speaking out boldly about anything. And I'll give you an example to make the point. You've got about seven brethren that have taken the vaccines very publicly. The church has come out very direct and said, hey, take the vaccines. But what about the five brethren and the 12 who haven't taken the vaccines? Have you heard a word from them?
0: How do we know? Why don't we get
1: their side? Well, we don't know. That's my whole point is we know nothing. And so why aren't we hearing about both sides of this discussion? And I get if, you know, some people believe the vaccines are good. I happen to believe they're not. And I have personal revelation that tells me not to take them. So I yeah. will not. Mm-hmm. But is my side of the story being told? No, it's obliterated in the political rhetoric from the other side. That's so much so
0: to,
1: to where, hey, the saints that aren't vaccinated, the saints that don't want to wear masks are starting to be persecuted.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. The other, I also want to, we're going to get into more of that later too. But, uh, what do you think of, okay, you've got a new venture. You and Sheriff Mack are doing a show. It is awesome. I've heard it. I've heard uh, two of them uh, on brighteon.tv. And actually, if you miss the show, you can go to brighteon.tv, click on the archives. It'll give you brightion.com, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N, brighteon.tv, brighteon.com. Uh, you're doing a show with Sheriff Richard Mack. I guess you two are just doing it out of your houses, correct?
1: They invited us to both do a show for an hour, each of us. Yes. And I basically told them I didn't have time. Um, and then they, Richard called me and said, hey, can you be part of my pod, my uh, TV show? And I said, sure. So every Tuesday mornings I am with Richard. It's called the Sheriff Mack Show. And I'm kind of the anchor man. He's the um, host of the show, so to speak. And the two of us basically uh, talk uh, on TV. TV and have guests, and and it's a tremendous show. It's in the beginning, so it's a little bit rough. My eventual goal is to simulcast it on radio as well. It'll be the second hour of my Tuesday show um, for Liberty Roundtable Live. So that's what's going on with that. And yes, it is a TV network that's distributed across the country. They don't have traditional studios uh, like your main TV hosts do. It's done inexpensively, but it's done, uh, in my opinion, very professionally as well.
0: Now, just to clarify, they do have uh, at least one person I know on there, Stu Peters, who does a professional show. But he uploads it to Bri-Tiana. He He's not working for it. And I don't need to know if you're getting paid by Brighton or whatever. That's none of the viewers' business is No, we
1: don't get paid. It's just a partnership.
0: Okay. Well. Okay. Um,
1: so, Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes and uh, Mike. Uh, what's his name?
0: Mike Adams.
1: Mike uh, Adams.
0: Yeah, Mike, Mike Adams, yeah, sorry.
1: Right. Alan Keyes and Mike Adams own the organization. There's a third party media company that produces all the, the shows for them, and they've partnered with people like Richard others.
0: Yeah, okay. So I guess the bonnet, some of the shows are professional, some are not. I mean, they're good shows. Don't get but when I say professional, you don't hear the TV microphone. It's not like some of these other TV networks. But I do want to talk about something. We've discussed alternative media. I'm starting to find that uh, f- these networks uh, like Brighton, and I'm sure there's several of them out there, they seem to be getting more deeper into issues than Sean Hannity and Fox News. I like Sean Hannity, don't misunderstand, but it seems like these people get into issues a little bit deeper, especially Stu Peters and uh, what's Ann's last name on Brightion uh, Do you think that uh, do you see a day? Where yeah, the- there's a
1: lot of us to dig. There's a lot of us to dig into the issues. There's certainly alternative networks on health care, on political topics. Many of us aren't Democrat or Republican. Many of us are just Americans and constitutionalists, and so certainly you're going to get more of the truth on those TV channels, whether it be the Epic Times TV channel, whether it be Bridie on, whether it be there's several of them out there, uh, and they're all doing a great job, and I think the attempt is to really focus on video uh, and TV, and I think over time, more and more and more of the shows will get more professional. I think some people are wading into TV, and they haven't done TV formerly. I think other people are, you know, the equipment's expensive to make it professional, and so it's, it's a work in progress by all.
0: Well, I guess my question, do you think that these networks will ever replace Fox News or is Fox News too deep into money and nobody can replace Fox News? And I don't know so much about One America. I like One America, but I I just don't know the future of them. Well,
1: let's say it this way. You know, Fox News, there was a time when Fox News didn't exist. So certainly you never want to say never. And people think, oh, you know, Microsoft can never be replaced. Well, Apple has had a pretty good stab at that. So all I'm saying is you never want to say never. But do I think that these networks will replace Fox? I don't. They'll always be the talking heads. They'll always be the left-right paradigm, which I believe is dishonest deception. They'll always be the red and the blue, the Republican and the Democrat. And they'll always be kind of a mainstream but lean right group that loves Fox. But I think more and more Americans are jettisoning them. And I think their audiences are getting smaller and I think more Americans are realizing that there is alternative media that matters. So I think the alternative media will grow. I think Fox will shrink, but it's kind of like IBM or, you know, the baby bell, AT&T back in the day, you know, they got broken up and everybody thought their days were numbered. They're not numbered. They just had to change. Once you get so big, you almost never disappear. If that makes sense. I believe that's kind of the scenario here. They're not going to disappear. But at the same time, their audiences are going to get smaller, and a lot of people are going to turn to alternative media sources. And the cheaper it gets, and the more professional they get, the more likely that will be to happen.
0: Well, okay, but with uh, YouTube censoring people, eventually what I fear is these providers like Verizon Wireless, uh, the internet portion of it, uh, some of these companies like Spectrum, Xfinity, Comcast, you name it. They're going to block you to these websites. What do we do then? And do you think we'll see a time where these websites... Well, just eventually you're going to need to break
1: into constitutional communities and you're going to have the jettison thinking of the nation as your platform in the world. You're going to have to say, everything that I do is local. Everything that I do is in my community and I don't need the internet at all.
0: Okay. Okay. I I, because
1: you're going to have no choice. You're either going to take the vaccines and get a vaccination card. You're either going to take the uh, eventually what we're looking at here is a a credit system like they have in China where they're going to say, look, you either have appropriate media behavior or you don't. You have appropriate media behavior or you don't. You're vaccinated or you're not. You have agreed to this or you haven't. You're and and, and you're going to get these social credits and that's going to be your score. And if you don't have a good social credit score, you're done anyway. And so Americans are going to have to build their own institutions. They're going to have to go local. They're going to have to, to some degree, get off the grid. They're going to have to develop relationships of barter uh, locally and privately. Uh, and we're going to have to simply step forward and lose a lot of what we've become accustomed to, because they're going to force that agenda. They consider this a war, Kevin. Well, and I hate to be so blunt, but but they do consider this a war.
0: So back to the church, and I want to get this right back down, right back to your COVID issue. Uh, but how's this going to affect the church if they keep going along with the modern day trends?
1: So I don't speak for the church leadership, but I don't know what they have been told by the Lord. Right. Yeah. So I can't speak for the church. and I can't speak for what they know. Here's what I know. So I'm going to speak only for Sam Bushman. Good plan. When we say that the vaccines are safe and effective, I believe that's a lie. And why do I say that's a lie? Because the, Vaccines right now are experimental, and they're bio weapons at this point. We don't know what they'll do inside your body, and they're under emergency use, author- use authorization right now. You say, no, Sam, the Moderna one or whatever it is got approved. No, it didn't. Don't lie to me. Stop. There's a different named vaccine that did get FDA approval. The problem is there is none of it. None of it's available now, and nobody's getting it. Everybody's still getting the experimental vaccine. I don't know why that is, but that's the truth. And so the point is that you got to understand is all these vaccines are experimental. And when you have an experimental vaccine, you can't say it's safe and effective because you don't know. When it's under emergency authorization, that means the FDA is not ready to double down and say it's safe and effective yet. It means because of an emergency, we'll let you use it, but we're still not sure about its safety, or it's effectiveness. And so when you look at that, and then you compare that to the SARS, or I'm sorry, the VERS database, and you see that there's already over 15,000 dead people because of the vaccines, and there are over 500,000 plus adverse reactions, many of them very serious indeed, then you start to say this isn't as safe and effective as we were told. Okay, there's no vaccine on the market to date, that has been allowed to continue under such negative side effects. Okay? And so when they say it's safe and effective, according to the VARs database, it just isn't true. And then when you figure the, the, the effectiveness, they say, hey, you have to have shot one, then you have to have shot two. Now you have to have booster shots. You might have to have booster shots up to three times a year. How effective is that? And you got to start to say it's not very effective. And if you study Israel, to make the point, they're one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. Not the most vaccinated, but one of them, especially the largest one. And they literally have breakthrough. Most of their people are vaccinated, and they have breakthrough. Everybody who have had the vaccinations are sick now. And they're going to the hospitals, and they're dying, etc. cetera. And so we can debate the safety, and we can debate the effectiveness. But if you look at Israel as the example in the Vars database, Uh, As the example, you say they're neither safe or effective. Now, you can come back and say, Sam, uh, the numbers are huge compared to they're safe. My response is unless it's your wife or unless it's your daughter or unless it's your husband or your child or your loved one or your grandma, um, then maybe so. But the reality is no vaccine in America has ever been able to stay on the market that's got this kind of side effects and death directly related to it. And so the idea that they're safe and effective just is not true.
0: By the way, to your point. And so that's I, the first
1: point, issue that I have.
0: Yeah, by the way, to your point, and then we get to COVID. Uh, to your point, though, I heard a study on a podcast on the Kevin Miller Show. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, in fact, I want to do a link to, his, to that podcast on the Kevin Miller Show. He had a guest on, Ryan Cole, who is now on the Idaho Board of, uh, of Health. I'm surprised he got on there, but he did, and he quoted in the podcast a study, 95% of the people in ICU in Israel, uh, 95% of those people who were double vaccinated are are in the ICU, or 95% of the people in the ICU, I should say, have been double vaccinated. There, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, that is
1: correct. That's a true study. There's also another study that's quite interesting. It was, it was published in an Israeli newspaper. It was covered by Life Site News, where physicians were um, basically talking in the elderly population, more people have died from the COVID vaccines than they have from COVID itself. Now, I reported that study, and that's what got me kicked off Twitter. So this is just an example of how dishonest they are about the truth. They're not telling you the truth. So the vaccines aren't safe. The vaccines aren't effective. That's problem number one. Problem number two is if we're going to discuss immunity to a illness – for generations we have known that natural immunity to a disease is better than vaccinated immunity we've known that for decades now they're jetting that science and jettisoning that science and they're suggesting that somehow vaccinated immunity is better than natural immunity in fact if you have natural immunity you can't get a vaccine card or you can't even get that you're safe because they're not recognizing natural immunity anymore this just again points to the concern that we have we all agree that hey, If we can develop herd immunity, that's wonderful. I propose doing it the natural way. I got COVID. I believe I got both strains of COVID, by the way. One in 2020 and one just recently, and I survived both of them. But my point is I've got natural immunity. How come I'm not getting any credit for that natural immunity at all? Well, I don't know if you know this, but here's the biggest point that articulates the lie regarding the COVID. Here it is, are you ready? Yes. On one hand, they tell you the vaccines are effective. But if you study what the CDC says, they don't know how much antibodies you need in your system to be safe, to not be infectious and to not be at risk. They don't know that number. So let's just use zero to a hundred to make the point. If a hundred enough antibodies and zero is not enough, then we can test and say, hey, do you have over a hundred antibodies? If you have 200, then you're safe, right? You're above 100. Yes. The problem is they don't know the number. And therefore, none of the tests for, for antibodies in your blood and, and antibody tests, none of those tests can really determine if you're okay, if you're safe, if you're protected. Whether, whether you've taken the vaccines or whether you've got COVID and you've, you've overcome COVID and now you are supposedly immune, they have no way to determine what level of antibodies you need in your system. OK, yeah. well, if that's true, if that's true, then how do you know the vaccine is effective? Because if you take the vaccine and it's supposed to increase the antibodies in your system, but we don't know what number it needs to be increased to, then how do we know we're getting there? Answer, we don't. And they're lying to you.
0: Yeah, well, I want to talk about COVID here. You you had two strands of it. Let's go back to 2020. Uh, what, how did you know that you had COVID or what made you think so? What did you do to prevent well, okay, it? Okay,
1: so you, you never can know if you have COVID. Let's be very clear about this. Because even the tests that say you have it can't tell you whether you have enough antibodies to fight it. They can't tell you. You know, it says that you have it, but what does that mean, right? Or if you have it, but yet you're not sick, are there antibodies and are you, uh, what do they call that? Uh, anti or, or symptomatic or asymptomatic,
0: yeah, right? Asymptomatic, okay. yeah. So they don't even really
1: know. What you know is you get sick. When you get sick, you feel horrible. And all you can do is look at all the different symptoms and determine that you think, based on what they tell us, the symptoms are if you've had it or not. So back in 2020, I got sick. My lungs hurt. I could hardly breathe. I almost went to the hospital. It was horrible, and I powered through it. But then after that, I started to have all kinds of downstream effects. Well, one of the things that you know that COVID does is it attacks all the organs in your body. And depending on who you are, certain organs are affected. Certain organs are not. Everybody's different. Okay. Well, after that, the next thing I got was Bell's palsy. Well, I was the first one to say, hey, I think I got Bell's palsy as a result of COVID. People laughed and said, no, you didn't. That's goofy. Well, now they're admitting that the vaccines give people Bell's palsy. Right. And so we're starting to see more and more evidence that COVID does and can give people Bell's palsy and so can the vaccines. So I got Bell's palsy, and I uh, got a bunch of other uh, downstream health problems, uh, long-haul, if you will, um, COVID things. I took an antibody test, and it said that I did not have COVID. But I talked to many doctors who said, oh, yes, you did. I'm convinced from the explanations and the details of what happened to you because I wrote a very detailed health journal about what happened to me. And they're saying, most certainly, we think you did have COVID. Well, how do you know the test can't really tell you whether you have enough antibodies or not, or whether you've had it or not. It just can't know. You can't rely on it. They've admitted that blatantly. Well, then in 2021, uh, July 25th, I got a headache and then I got super sick with COVID. But for the first 10 days, I did pretty well and thought I was beating it. But then I hit my lungs and I literally couldn't survive without oxygen uh, if I'd take off my oxygen 10 seconds or less, it would drop to 70 and 65 and such. And I couldn't breathe. And I had to go to the hospital two times. When I went to the hospital both times, they kept me for a couple hours. They did help me with hydration. But they didn't really do anything to solve the problems for me. And they sent me home. They said, we can't keep you here. Uh, there's no good we can do for you since you have your own home oxygen. We can, that's all we can do for you. And so they sent me home.
0: So wait a minute. I couldn't I'm surprised get surprised they didn't put you on a ventilator because in Kate Daly's case, who's a talk show out of St. George, they tried to put her. I know,
1: home. but the difference is I wouldn't go on a ventilator.
0: Did they try? To the difference is I could breathe home? just fine
1: with oxygen.
0: Yeah, but did they? No, say... they didn't try to. Okay. That's interesting.
1: No, they... because I could breathe well with, with oxygen.
0: Okay, so why did the they time try... they
1: want to put you on a ventilator? The time they want to put you on a ventilator is when they give you oxygen and you still can't breathe. In other words, oxygen is not enough.
0: Yeah, I just think it's interesting. But I went home.
1: I went home and I suffered literally for like 20 days straight, not even able to get out of bed, Uh, probably six or seven days, not able to get off of oxygen. And uh, eventually I found a doctor that would prescribe ivermectin and uh, doxycycline. And uh, literally within hours of getting on ivermectin, I was able to get off oxygen. And I've been improving ever since.
0: Now how did My you find doctor?
1: Mm, that's a long story. There's a group of frontline doctors on the internet. That's what you want to look for, is frontline okay. doctors. And they can direct you.
0: Okay. So carry on with their story. <laughs>
1: but anyway, to make a long story short, I have been doing better ever since. So when they want to mock ivervectin as horsey medicine, they're lying to you. Yes, they have a version for animals. Most drugs they have versions for animals. But the amount that you take and the form in which you take it in is completely different than animals. I don't go get horsey paste from the ranch store. Okay. Uh, The medicine that I got was from a doctor, a legitimate licensed doctor. uh, And it was uh, from the pharmacy. And it was these five little teeny pills that you swallow daily for five days. And then I had a four-day prescription for doxycycline, which is an antibiotic because
0: What was Um, the name of
1: it? So ivermectin is the name of the main drug, and docycline is the antibiotic.
0: Ocycline?
1: No, DOS with a D.
0: Oh, DOS, like disc operating. So DOSocycline? DOSocycline, uh uh-huh. DOSocycline, okay.
1: Yep. Okay, and so they gave me that, and I'm telling you within hours of that, I got off the oxygen. And so this idea when the government tells you that it doesn't work, and they mock everybody. You're not a horse. Don't do horsey paste and stuff like that. They're ridiculing a real honest treatment that I personally have experienced. And I'm telling you that it saved my life. I mean, I believe God saved my life. But these medications certainly were the answer. And um, now I don't know if you know this, but the government who claims that um, ivermectin is not safe or effective for you and I. I don't know if you know, but the refugees that come into our country are all given ivermectin. Did you know that?
0: No, but maybe are so lying Petty to you. the heartbreakers gave them the uh, IV necturum because Tom Petty said you don't have to live like a refugee. Carry on.
1: That's right. So there you have it. But all I'm telling you is they're lying. They're disingenuous. And why the government is going against all treatments that work is beyond me. The only thing, only conclusion I can come to is I'm convinced that the government, through uh, Dr. Fauci, has literally created a bioweapon. They did gain-of-function research. The gain-of-function research was successful to gain a weapon. They then took this gain-of-weapon capability, and they released it to the world. Now the United States is blaming it on China. Fauci got caught lying. And the truth is that they have released a bioweapon on the world. And you say, wow, Sam, that's a quantum leap, a conspiracy theory. And my response is, why else would your government down everything that can save lives? Okay? I would be dead right now if I couldn't get ivermectin or some other solution. The government had no answers for me, Okay, yeah. except for take the vaccine. Okay? Why are they downing things that can save lives? You can't tell me ivermectin doesn't save lives. I'll never believe you, because I've experienced differently. Okay? I've experienced differently. I've been in my bed, not able to breathe without oxygen. So sick, I couldn't get up thinking I was going to die. And I've taken ivermectin. And I've seen the results. You'll never convince me different. Okay, so I'm telling you, why is the government against those solutions?
0: Well, I have an opinion. Uh, Bill Gates, and I've heard him say this with his own mouth. I did not get this from a conspiracy website, folks. I heard him with his own mouth talking about zero population, and we may have to decrease the population to prevent some of these diseases or control them or something to that effect and maybe this is part of the way for population control we've been having this debate since the 1970s maybe they found a way. well if Where it's true
1: can... to me that's a satanic agenda and i stand against it
0: yeah well yeah but do you think that that could be one of the reasons why We're not being told the truth.
1: I also think, though, that it could be that the United States created this with China.
0: Maybe. And that it was
1: intentionally released.
0: Well, we do know that Anthony Fauci... Because
1: if it was really an accident that it was released and they did really care about life, why wouldn't they allow us to pursue anything that we thought might work? Sam, if you're on your deathbed, all the gloves are off now. Anything you think will work. Why not try it? You're going to die if you don't. Why not try those things? But see, the government can't stand that. They want to run around and tell you that it's not approved. It's not safe or effective. It hasn't ran through clinical trials. Well, neither has your
0: vaccines. Well, let me ask you this. If, uh, this is
1: why I can, I'm convinced the big lie is such a problem.
0: Yeah, well, let me ask you a, a quick question before I read something to you. Why did they insist? And for those of you that don't know, Kate Daly is a talk show host out of St. George. There's a link on the show notes to her podcast. where at August 6th. She talks about her, how they all insisted that her husband be on the ventilator. She said no, because I guess he could still breathe and talk. How come they never gave you the option of the ventilator and never insisted with you? Is it different hospitals? Because I understand each hospital is supposed to handle protocol.
1: Yeah, I think it's different hospitals. I think it's different people in the hospitals. So I experienced kind of two people in the hospitals. There's one group that are hardened and they uh, have this view, no vaccine, no compassion. And they're hostile. They won't really help you. They won't really lift a finger to do much for you, etc. Then there's another group in the hospital of good, honest people that are saying, I'll do the best for you that I can. But see, they've got the propaganda too. They don't, Know that ivermectin can help. I have a personal doctor friend of mine that I asked about ivermectin, and he goes, No, that won't really do you any good. You're kind of at the end of, of uh, COVID. It won't really do much good then. Well, he's wrong. So it did, did do me good. It you saved my it life.
0: And that, uh, you, yeah. And what did he say then?
1: He said, I'm completely surprised and I'll change my protocols. So he's an honest man, yeah, okay. but he's been propagandized differently. To where you know what people just don't the inside medical professionals don't have the truth they don't have the knowledge and or they have it but they're afraid to share it because they'll get fired so with all this in mind the government's become hostile to you saving your own life if you can and that's the problem that we've got today and that's the problem that i have with the church promoting vaccines and vaccinated immunity and masks as our only choice for solutions what about priesthood power What about the ability for man to act on behalf of God on the earth, receiving authority from him in his church on the earth today and the healing mechanism? How come I hear so much about vaccines and masks and medical professionals, but I don't hear anything about the healing power that Jesus Christ had? So it's a very interesting dynamic, but I'm telling you this, the alternative solutions the government says don't work. That's what saved my life. I can tell you that unequivocally. And I can say that also for Kate Daly's husband.
0: Yeah, well, I want to read you this letter here uh, that the church wrote that the church wrote on August 12th, 2021 on a Thursday says, dear brothers and sisters, we find ourselves fighting a war against the ravage of COVID-19 and its variances. I agree. I agree as well. An unrelenting pandemic.
1: We okay, want... now, I don't agree that it's an unrelenting pandemic, though. And if they're
0: intentionally spreading it,
1: it's not unrelenting. It's that they're continuing to spread it.
0: Okay. We want to do all we can to limit the spread of these viruses. We know, and this is okay, where I stop. disagree. I
1: want to do all that we can as well, but they're leaving so much off the table, it's not even funny.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that. We know that protection from these diseases they cause can only be achieved by immunizing a very high percentage of the population. Okay, that's uh, debatable. How are you defining immunization? Uh, we assume it's vaccination. That's right. We, I don't. So, agree do with I that. count
1: if I have natural immunity now?
0: Yes, I, I, I would say so. But we don't know. yet. Yes, either. but
1: that's according to this document, though that doesn't really count.
0: No. By limiting the exposure to these viruses, we urge the use of face masks in public meetings wherever social distancing is not possible. I don't agree with that. What's your thoughts? The masks don't even work. My response
1: is, is, as an organization, if they believe that masks are safe and effective and good, then they can push for that. For me, wearing a mask compromises my oxygen levels. So I'm not interested or willing to wear a mask. And if that means I can't go to those places, then I can't go to those places. But they have every right to express their opinion on this uh, as well. And especially with their buildings and and people coming into their buildings And as a corporation, uh, you know, they have every right to say that. I disagree with that view because I don't believe masks are safe or effective either.
0: Yeah. Well, let's carry on. Uh, To provide personal protection, such viruses and infections, we urge individuals to be vaccinated. Okay, we just talked about that. I I I don't I'm not exactly a fan of being vaccinated with this, but and we just had a whole discussion. So let's carry on unless you want to comment real quick.
1: Well, I would just say this, you know, they have every right to urge that if they so choose. The problem with that, at least with regards to church leaders, is you have now a well-known, very accredited physician, Dr. Nelson along with a church leader now urging this. And it's a little bit concerning to have a doctor. Do you dare go against the esteemed doctor? And then your church leader, uh, you know, and so do you go against him? Are you on the road to apostasy in the church? Or do you have every to think as you think best and do as you think best? Uh, They don't leave that option really on the table at this press release.
0: Yeah, what happened to the idea of free agency?
1: Well, and that's at the core of this discussion.
0: Yes, it is, isn't it? Then it continues. Available vaccines have proven to be both safe and effective to- Okay,
1: I believe that's a complete lie. They, don't, they have not received approval from the FDA. And if you go look at the VARS database, they're not very safe or very effective. And on the vaccine front as a whole, if you go back to the 1986, they have a vaccine injury compensation fund that the government has put together to remove liability and accountability from the vaccine companies. They've spent over $4 billion already on vaccines when they're not safe or effective. And that's just a drop in the bucket. That's the people that have sued and gone to vaccine court and obtained a win in their favor. There's a lot of harm and a lot of injury that never gets counted at all. But if you look at the Vaccine Injury Compensation Fund already spending $4 billion, and then you look at these vaccines that have not been approved to date, how do we claim they're safe and effective? The VARS from- database or whatever it is would contradict that narrative. So I don't believe that's true. I just don't.
0: Yeah. And uh, let's carry on here. To provide personal protection from such severe infections, we urge individuals to be vaccinated. We can win this war if everyone will follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of our medical experts and government leaders.
1: Okay. Now the primary medical expert and government leader is Anthony. Study Fauci, yes. who has lied to the American people over and over and over and over, and he's getting caught in his lies. The latest lie is he said that he did not fund gain of function research. Now Rand Paul on uh, in a congressional hearing, literally trapped Fauci in a lie. He lied as he testified before Congress. Okay, now I don't know what repercussions will happen from lying before Congress, but now Dr. Rand Paul, Senator from Senator from Kentucky has filed a criminal complaint. We'll see where that goes. But I hardly think the uh, wishy washy, uh, no, you don't need masks. Oh, yes, you do need masks. Oh, now that you've been vaccinated, you don't need a mask. Well, I guess if you're vaccinated, you do need a mask. Vaccinations are rare. If you get a vaccine, you have a rare breakthrough. Now there's more and more and more breakthrough uh, infections. And well, now. Uh, even though you have the vaccine, you can get people sick. Still, they've been all over the scientific map on this, led by Doctor Fauci. And I don't know that we can say that these people are. What were the words they used?
0: Uh, follow the experts. Follow the thoughtful recommendations of the medical expert, of the ed- medical experts, and government leaders.
1: Okay, I don't know that they have thoughtful and wise leadership on this. They've been all over the map, and they've been caught lying, and they've been wrong over and over and over. Even from the point of saying anybody who believed that the virus got leaked from a lab is a conspiracy theorist, wacko. It came from an animal uh, meat farm or whatever, um, an open market or whatever. Now we find out Fauci knew different, and he lied. A year and a half later, we find out it most likely came from a lab, not from uh, animals jumping to humans via some meat market kind of a thing that was the lie and now that we find out fauci has indeed funded and they have obtained gain-of-function research it's a whole different ballgame now i'm convinced that they didn't even accidentally leak it from a lab it was intentionally leaked and again why do i say that because why else when people are trying to save lives is the government against us in doing so
0: here's another point i want to bring up you have Anthony Fauci running around saying, uh, "Take the you know." You have the CDC. Even President Joe Biden gave a press conference what May of this year, I believe, end of May, somewhere around there. I, I yeah, it was it was before Memorial Day, I do believe. And he said, "Oh well, uh, starting uh, July fourth, or you know, something about July fourth. That's our goal. Well, you, you're not going to have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated, or if you if you're outdoors." Well, now they're changing their tune. Now you have, uh, and you have had Governor Ron DeSantis, which I agree with him on about the mass mandate. They're not, uh, they don't have mass mandates in Florida. The school districts might, but Governor DeSantis has not made an official mandate. So it kind of reminds me of this, you know, if we're going to trust our government leaders, who do you trust? It's kind of reminds me of a song by Queensryche called Revolution Calling. Who do you trust when everyone else is wrong, including, I will add, the church leaders here?
1: Well, and so you've got Anthony Fauci going head to head with Dr. Rand Paul. Now, Dr. Rand Paul was uh, a physician. He was in a variety of different uh, responsibilities as a physician before he decided to become an eye surgeon. But it turns out that Rand Paul has been right and Fauci has been wrong. Fauci has been caught lying more than once, more than twice, more than three times by Rand Paul. And so my question is, which thoughtful and which wise leadership are we going to follow? Are we going to follow the thousands of frontline doctors that say ivermectin is the solution and it works? They've testified before Congress. Dr. Corey Pierre Corey is his name, testified before Congress and bade Congress to give ivermectin uh, another look, he says, I just can't take this anymore. I know it works, but somehow the government and the media won't let everybody know that it works. Please help me. And all they have done is ruined his career. But you have thousands of frontline doctors is what you want to look up on the internet. Look up frontline doctors, and you will see thousands of physicians are saying, Fauci's wrong on this. The government's wrong on this. Ivermectin works. There are cheap and inexpensive solutions, whether it be ivermectin, whether it be chlorine dioxide. Uh, whether it be um, hydroxychloroquine, uh, all these things mixed with vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc, heavy doses of those things. There are thousands of doctors that are treating people successfully on the front lines right now. I'm one of them to prove the point. But yet, are we to listen to those experts? So what wise and thoughtful leaders are we talking about, may I ask? And they're not in the vaccine mask camp, that's for sure. So you've got a conundrum going on here. And I don't believe that the truth uh, is in this letter. I don't believe vaccinations are the only way to win this war. I believe natural immunity is the way to win this war. I believe protecting the elderly and the most vulnerable is a way to win this war. And I believe the sooner most of us get sick and obtain herd immunity, the better off we'll all be. But otherwise, it's going to be like the flu vaccine. Every year, they're going to try to make up a concoction. They're going to try to guess what strains are going to be in it. They're gonna get it right some of the time and not right most of the time. And they're gonna have a big old cash cow and big pharma injecting toxic man-made venom into our veins. And in this case, it's experimental, really a bio weapon into our veins. I don't believe it's safe and effective and I don't think we should trust those who are doing it. Every time they've done it in the past, they've had to halt the programs because they're not safe or effective. This time they're forging ahead regardless of the consequences. Um, but if you research the virus database, the consequences are starting to become evident, and they will become more so over time. So I, I just disagree with the points being made here completely.
0: Yeah. Well, let me read the last part of this letter, then we'll uh, get on to some other things. Please know of our, uh, please know of our sincere love and great concern for all of God's children. Okay. And then it goes on together. I believe that. Know, together we can win this war. You know. Please know. Yeah. So. Uh, let me just ask you, because by the well, we way, we gotta I'm... also
1: to discuss what war are we fighting. Are we fighting a war against COVID? Or are we fighting a war between God and Satan? And COVID's nothing more than a than a, a skirmish in the war.
0: Yeah. Let me ask See, you. See whether
1: th- it be COVID or or other plagues or other catastrophes, man-made or otherwise, or sicknesses or all these different things, aren't they just part of the mortality experience. And aren't they part of the war between God and Satan? And we got to choose whose side we are on. And can't we turn to God who promises us biblically that if we repent and turn to him, he will heal us, protect us and heal our land. Isn't that the promise we have biblically? How come I don't hear anything about those promises? All I hear is go to your man-made safe, wise leader and take the jab. And if you don't, then persecution's your next lot in life. Well, that's Very sad. strange.
0: ideology here yeah this begs a a question many people think or there's some people who think the church is just writing this because they want to continue their 501c3 status uh people you know people in the government or whoever is pressuring the church you do this to keep your temples open or we will crash you down or there'll be lawsuits do you think that this has something the lawsuits and the legal issues have something to do with this letter or not?
1: I really don't speak for the church, so I don't know. I would like to think the church are following Jesus Christ and his directions. And if Jesus Christ is telling him to release this document and to tell everybody to get vaccines, then so be it. Uh, But I have a feeling there's a political reality behind this. And I have a feeling that they're trying to avoid, uh, you know, losing uh, status of whether it be a tax status, whether it be temples open status. I don't know. Uh, But I want the truth. I think we need to uh, pursue the truth relentlessly. And I think we uh, when we compromise with the devil, we're in very, very deep water. Uh, I don't think that doing this for political purposes or to save some tax status uh, is a wise move, because how do you backtrack from this later?
0: Well, that brings up an interesting point. What if uh, a whole bunch of sickness occurs between, let's say, February, January, late January January when the vaccine came out? Let's say 10 years from now, a bunch of church members got got the jab and all these shots, and people are dying everywhere you go. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but people are dying more than usual. Is the church then just going to pay less and less of a significant... Uh, part of people's life and they're going to blame the church and the president Nelson, where do you think this is all going in relation to the church?
1: You know, I know that there are a lot of good people now that are questioning the church's direction. Uh, I personally am, uh, I'm baffled by what the church has done. I don't understand it and I don't agree with it. However, I still have my testimony that, that, uh, you know what, I'm convinced that, uh, president Nelson, is indeed the prophet on the earth. He has all the keys, the rights, the privileges, the authority that relates to that calling. Uh, And so I'm a little different than others in that I'm not going to let it sway me from the church. I'm going to say there are things that the brethren are privy to. They have direct communication with Jesus Christ, at least they're supposed to, and I believe they do. And so I don't speak for them. Why they're doing what they're doing, I cannot answer. So what I choose to do is put those questions that are of real significance, I put them on a shelf and say, someday I'll get answers. In the meantime, I'm convinced the prophets on the earth and the church is true. And I'm going to do my best to have fidelity to it, to the best of my ability, even though there's a lot of things that I don't understand. But there's a lot of good members that are asking this question. Have I left the church or has the church left me? And I don't even know it yet. It's a very powerful, poignant question to be considered, because if you don't go along with the church on this item, What about the next item and the next item and the next item? And where will you find yourself? And I don't know the answers for the future. I do believe the Lord leads this church and I do believe that he will make things right when and how and where and and what went wrong and everything else. I'm not, no, it's above my pay grade to know really. Right. But I know that the church is true and I know that things don't make sense to me. I do know
0: those things. So you're still going to be a faithful tithe payer and all those things.
1: Yes, I am, sir.
0: OK, well, Sam, it was and I'm also going to
1: pay my taxes, even though I think they're bogus, too.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I'll let someone else fight the tax battle. I'm, I, I will pay my taxes and tithing as well. I'll let uh, someone else fight the battle of taxes.
1: And, and my response is, you know, very difficult world. I agree with President Nelson, though. One of the things that you need to do or you will not make it is learn to receive and act upon revelation and learn to be faithful, and learn to develop your relationship with Jesus Christ in a very meaningful, productive, day-to-day walk kind of way, I agree that that is the answer.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think agree if too. if people
1: do that, they'll be okay. And if they don't do that, they're going to fall short.
0: Yeah, what I don't want to have happen, and I could see this happening, especially with local leaders... Oh, if you don't get the vaccine, if you don't wear a mask at church, we're going to excommunicate you. I'm afraid it might come down to that, to that, uh, to that, is my fear.
1: Well, then if that happens, at least temporarily, I'll lose my uh, um, membership of the church. But remember this. Back in the day in World War II, Helmut Hubner and others, they got excommunicated as well, only for later for that to be overruled, and they said we were wrong on this, and this should have never happened, and they were reinstated. And so even if local leaders get out of whack for a while, God does resolve it, and he will do that for us in our day as well. He's in charge of his kingdom. Even if humans, mortal local leaders make mistakes, the Lord will make it right. Have no fear.
0: Well, Sam, is there anything? If if you can, stick with me uh, after this podcast. If you can, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, Is there anything else you want to uh, contribute here?
1: I just want to say this. You know, if you take my comments out of context, you might think that I'm very critical of the church. Uh, And I don't want you to take my comments out of context. I want you to take my comments as I don't speak for the church. I don't. I'm not in the inner circles of the church, so I don't know what they're doing and why. I don't know what communications they've received from the leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, even Jesus Christ himself. And so, you know what? My criticisms have to do with agency. Um, you know what? I want the church to say, hey, take the vaccine or don't take the vaccine. As you think best, you have your agency. Okay, that's That, in my opinion, is the appropriate statement. Get with a local physician that tells you what's best for you and your circumstances and do it. I have physicians telling me not to take the vaccination. Yeah. And I'm listening yeah. to them. And even the prophet tells me to go to a competent professional and listen to them.
0: Yes, he does. The prophet it's tells me central. to use my
1: agency and to receive revelation and to act upon it, which I am doing. So it's a debate. You know, they say I'm not following the prophet. I say that I am. Uh, and so... Understand that my comments are not meant to be critical of the church. Understand that there's a lot of things that I don't know. There's a lot of things that I do know. And I'm just interpreting it it the best I can like everybody else. And I do not mean to be critical of the church. I I say that he's a prophet. And Mm -hmm. I am convinced of that. And so I'm defending the church more than attacking the church. I'm also, though, willing to stand up and say what I know. When they say the vaccines are safe and effective, they are not. When they say the only way to get ahead of this thing is by getting vaccinated and immunity, I say that's not true. So I'm willing to call a spade a spade in terms of the truth on things. That doesn't mean that I'm going against the church.
0: By the way, for the record, uh, I am a church member. I am critical of this letter, but I, I am not leaving the church. I do have a testimony of Joseph Smith, but we do know. Even the elect will be deceived. I don't think President Nelson's exempt from being deceived, do you?
1: I think that he's a human. I think everybody on the planet can be deceived. We're all mortals. And even Joseph Smith was deceived. And even the Mark, what are those letters that whatever letters in the 80s mark oh, what's mark that guy's hoffman?
0: name yeah mark hoffman deceived the general authorities yes
1: yep okay even the church was deceived on that stuff right so yes. we know they can be deceived and we know that they are human and we need to give them a chance to we need to give them as much grace as we expect for ourselves right so let's be careful there also
0: yeah well, let's just say by the way a real side note Uh, I think the general authorities were getting suspicious of Mark Hoffman before he bombed some people. Just If you read The Salamander, the book called The Salamander. But for the record, I am not anti-vaccine. In fact, I've been vaccinated as a kid, and I got a tetanus shot back in 2007. So I am not anti-vaccine. I'm certainly suspicious of this vaccine and the shots that are about to come out. But I'm not anti-vaccine entirely, just for the record. Uh, If there's a vaccine that works and it's been proven for the last 10, 15 years, great, I'll take it, Uh, just as I have taken a few in my lifetime.
1: Well, and I'm not not anti-vaccine. I really want people to understand that I want transparent information. And then I want people to be able to use their agency as they think best. And so whether you want the vaccine or whether you don't want any given vaccine, I want you to be able to carry out your choices you think best for you and your family. And I want to be allowed the same in this free country known as America. And if we lose that ability, I submit to you that it strikes at the very heart of your agency. Yeah, I'm not here to take away agency. I'm here to defend it.
0: Yes. Well, Sam, it's been great having you on. I'm glad to catch up with you again. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, and I will talk to you all later, folks. Thank you for listening to the LDS Life Podcast. If you want to make a suggestion, comment, or to recommend a guest, email Kevin
1: Williams at KevinW at com. Be sure to check out his Facebook page, LDS Life Podcast.